Winter is coming. He's just a boy. He's just a boy. Hello! And welcome to another episode of We Don't Wanna. This is the podcast where we really don't wanna. In every single episode, we'll be taking a very reluctant journey through a series that one of us loves and the other, well, that's where that there reluctancy comes in. We are your hosts. I am Zach, and joining me as always, he has a couple of glasses of Madame Rosemurda's finest oak-matured mead bouncing off of his head. It is Scotty Westside. (laughs) That was very, very specific. (laughs) <laughs> and I am here for it. Uh, you know, it just would have been more polite to drink it. It would have been it, so much more polite. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just, you know, would have been more polite. What I bet it's do? lovely. Yeah. I bet it's delicious. Have you ever had mead? I have not, no. Who is uh, Madame? Is that is she the, uh, the like, owner of the three broomsticks or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, she's okay. the barkeep. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, and uh, I bet her meat is fantastic. I, I don't know what you, what the little grin you had while you were saying that, what that means, but uh, that's some kind of innuendo in there. Uh, but no. Whatever. Okay. No, sure. what are you talking about? Sure, yeah. How you doing today, Scott? Uh, I am doing well. I... I you know I I was gonna come prepared today with another Scott's movie report on uh, I intended to sit down and finish watching um, Order of the Phoenix the other night. Now that we're done with that book, uh huh. Because I think I I think a couple weeks ago I told you I'd watched Goblet of Fire and started like yeah. watched through the trial scene of Order of the Phoenix. Right, of course. But. Uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, freaking HBO Max can't make up their damn mind. It's already back off uh, that uh, after being gone and then back, and now it's gone again. So You should have just rented it on Amazon. It's like Absolutely three not. I'm already paying for these damn Kindle books every, you know, however long it takes us to get through one of these books. I'm not paying for the damn movies because I'm Fine. a stingy sack of shit. That means that... <clears throat> Our listeners need to uh, support this podcast by making a monthly con- contribution. Uh, <laughs> yes, so I can afford to rent the movies on Amazon. <laughs> yep. How are you doing this week, pal? Dude, I'm uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing I'm doing swell. It's doing somebody's swell. birthday today, as we're recording. It's my birthday today. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it absolutely will not be when people hear this, but as we are recording yeah, today, right. it's Zachary Attackery's 76th birthday. Oh, fuck. Ooh. Right the hell off, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Did you do anything exciting? Well, uh, my little sister is in town. Uh, she's been staying with my cousin's uh about an hour away from me. And I went and picked her up the other day and we are just kind of hanging out this weekend. Um going to have some family up tomorrow for 4th of July, mm-hmm. which that'll be cool. Going to make a brisket. Hell yeah. Uh yeah, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's it's been rad. Uh, got lots of time off this week because of the fourth, and uh, the company I work for gives us these uh, mental recharge days Hell as yeah. well. So one of those got stacked with the already long weekend. So yeah, man, it's 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 bitching. I'm hanging out. I'm chilling. Good shit. That sounds like fun. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, it's uh, it's good, man. But you know what sounds like a better time is getting Harry into Potter my Half Blood Prince. <laughs> getting into my absolute favorite fucking book in this series by by a long shot. Yeah, uh, you and uh, Jake's as well. He said he said this was his favorite too, right? As yes. I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, seems to be a a hot popular choice. Harry Potter and the uh, the Half Blood. Okay, Uh, I just have to get this out of the way now. When I was creating my note file for this book as I was starting to take notes, I accidentally typed uh, the Half-Blood Prunts with a U (laughs) instead of an I, and for whatever reason, I thought that was the funniest shit ever. (laughs) So I left it, and uh, I might call it the Half-Blood Prunts uh, every once in a while. uh, Scotty Westside, notorious for cracking himself up. Yes, uh, I literally could not stop laughing when I accidentally typed that, because Half-Blood Prunts is very, very funny to me. Um, But yeah, you know, it's always an exciting time to start one of these new books. It's like, you know. The end of an era when we finish out the other ones, and now it's like new beginnings, new possibilities, bloom new possibilities. Yeah, exactly. Especially with how much we've been hyping this book up. Yes, especially with that, and the fact that it's the second to last one. We're we're almost done here. Probably not really, but probably not really. In my mind, I'm trying to keep telling myself. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like. I feel like these two books will probably take us as long as doing like books one through three twice. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, we were really booking through in the first. Like, I think book one is like three episodes of the podcast. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's... So we've we've mapped out the first twenty something chapters of this book, mm-hmm. and it's already like eleven episodes. Yeah, yeah. I is it is, is that not even the entire book? If what it's you have mapped even, out, that's not even oh, the entire book. Jesus. Well, because remember, there's that episode where Amanda's gonna come on, and we don't know how many chapters we're gonna do on that because they're pretty dense chapters. So right. we're gonna leave that up in the air. So I didn't map out the last like five chapters or six chapters or whatever's left oh my gosh i mean even the longest book in the series only took us 10 episodes so that's crazy well it's the longest book in the series but it's not the most but dense. not the densest sure yes sure. for sure i gotcha which i i think that that'll be a different experience for you because this book for the most part i mean there's obviously always going to be a little bit of fluff mm-hmm. you know but for the most part, this book is going to feel more like the last third of most of these books for the whole time, for the whole thing. Sure. And I, you know, I think I was I was going to make a, a comment about that in the last uh, episode of Order of the Phoenix when we were having that discussion. I was going to say something about how this whole rigmarole of, oh, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, then we're going to cram all this, like, you know, right. crazy long exhibition, uh, 
exhibition. Um, exposition. Sounds hot. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, We're going to cram all this exposition and all this explanation and all these action sequences in the final like four or five chapters of this book. And I'm like that whole, you know, kind of routine is getting real stale. So I am looking forward to it being more consistent throughout, which you have guaranteed me is the case in, in this book. Money back guarantee. Yes, exactly. We are going to do the first three chapters here of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're not making this a thing. Oh, I'm definitely making it a thing. Accidents are amazing sometimes. Uh, The original plan was to only do the first two chapters, which, uh, against my better judgment, I, I told Zach, I was like, I think I can fit a third chapter in here. But... So we came gloriously close to having a a Harry Potter. We did Potter, come gloriously. A Harry, <laughs> I always come gloriously. Uh, we came gloriously close to having a Harry Potter free episode if we had only if we had stuck to the original plan and done the first two episodes, but that would have by default made that the best episode we've ever had of this podcast. But <laughs> you're such a um, But we'll we'll get to chapter him in chapter three. These are. These are some interesting chapters, especially the first two. Oh yeah, um, I, I I think I, I I'm pretty sure I said this uh, at the end of Order of the Phoenix, but uh, these these two chapters are both probably in my top ten chapters. Like not necessarily action packed, but I just I just love. I mean, you know, it's the stuff you and I always talk sure. about. It's just we're seeing stuff that's happening on the sidelines that right. kind of help tie the tie the bow you know a little nice and pretty up mm-hmm. on top it just makes everything kind of fall into place it's great yeah i so my first note actually in chapter one is i said i think i remember zach talking about this chapter like forever ago like probably in like book two or three or something like that when i was probably complaining about how why do i have to see everything from dumbass harry's perspective and you said that Eventually, there was going to be get to a point where we saw some, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, chapters from a different point of view. Yeah. And um, I think you may have even it may have been when we were talking about because I'm pretty sure I asked you about or we went over. How, does anyone in the muggle world know about wizards? And I think you had told me the the prime minister does. And so it might have been we were talking about that, but I was like, man, I swear Zach talked about this chapter at one point and how much he loved it. And um, I seem to vaguely recall something to that effect. But what what I was going to say was I was like, you know, when she's not when Rowling is not constrained to Harry's perspective, I think her writing is actually quite good. Uh, it's descriptive and pretty easy to read most of the time. So props, that's awesome to hear to her for there. So. Awesome. Well, uh, I I am, I mean, my my pants are busting at the seams. <laughs> like I, I'm ready to hear what you have to say about these chapters. So let let's jump into this motherfucker. Uh, what what are your uh, just quick initial thoughts, and then and then let's dive in. Yeah. So chapter one here, quick initial thoughts. I guess are this this chapter's good. I don't know if I'd put it in like the top ten. That not. It's interesting and it's cool to see from this perspective, but it didn't really like, you know, get me hard as quite as much as the second chapter did. 
Oh, I enjoyed okay, that one quite a bit. And then, you know, third chapter was it's whatever. It's fine. But yeah, I mean, yes, we're back to Harry in the third chapter, but it's it's short. It's sweet. Right. Uh, yeah. We get some fun Dumbledore stuff, which is always great. Right. Definitely. Definitely not the worst chapter in the world as far as like Harry's perspective. And yes, we get some fun Dumble stuff. And Harry is not completely insufferable, so he's he's doing good so far. <laughs> good. All right. Well, I am. Uh, we're off to a good start because uh, just wanted to make sure that you weren't going to be a dipshit. Otherwise, I w- may have had to just end this podcast. Mm, early. Okay. Fair enough. So this chapter starts with uh, the PM of I, I guess I don't know what the proper term, Great Britain, United Kingdom, England, whatever it is. I think uh, it's England. Yeah, is it though? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Great Britain? Could be the UK. I don't know. That's why I said I, I was not sure. Anyway, the Prime Minister, the PM. I'm pretty sure that's Dude, what they call we're, him. We're such fucking Americans. <laughs> yes, it's ridiculous. We are. It's true. Fucking oblivious uh, Americans. He is in his office thinking about all the bad shit that's been happening lately. There was a bridge collapse. There are these murders a hurricane, and ghastly weather out. Uh, A painting pipes up in his office, says that Fudge needs to talk to him immediately. He tries to put it off. He's like, oh, I'm very, very busy, but the painting is very insistent. And Corny Fudge, our boy Corny Fudge, flews right in through the fireplace. I love how how he's like, no, 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 I can't... uh I'm expecting a call from yeah. a president, and the, the painting's like, yeah, dude, we can fucking, yeah. we'll fix that. Yeah, exactly. He'll just forget to call. Yeah, he'll, he'll forget, heavy air quotes. <laughs> it's real good. Uh, so we get the background here on how, this is all from the, the PM's perspective, this whole chapter. Um, we get the background on how Fudge had introduced himself his first night in office. Uh, he said, Fudge told him, you know, basically about those in the world and blah, blah, and told him, with any luck, you'll never see me again. We mostly live and let live. Uh, but turns out he saw him several more times after that. He came back to explain the Sirius breakout when Sirius Black broke out in Prisoner of Azkaban. Then again with the Quidditch World Cup incident. Um, there's also <laughs> there's a funny bit here. Where he tells him, "Oh, by the way, it's in our rules when uh, about something about importing dangerous creatures. Uh, we're importing three <laughs> dragons and a sphinx for this uh, game, uh, or whatever you know, the the Triwizard Tournament." And <laughs> the the PM goes like, "Did you say dragons?" And Fudge's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, and a sphinx." And he just like <laughs> keeps saying, "And a sphinx," and I'm like, "Yeah, got got to get that sphinx in there. It's pretty funny." Dude, I I love that the, the whole time, like the the perspective of the PM is is very good. Like yes. I think he he's just like it's so political. He's like, oh, definitely. I'm not gonna let this motherfucker sit in my own room and tell me to have a seat in my own fucking right. room. Like it's just they're just having this like battle of wits. I yes. feel like it's so good. He's he's very like he. He feels like inferior to Fudge because I mean, like Fudge is is magic, but he like is super upset about that. Like he doesn't yes. like it. He doesn't want to feel inferior to Fudge. It's like his own office, and 
he's just, he's very uncomfortable. He's, with, like, whole fun, just like here, have a whiskey, and he's like, "This is my fucking whiskey, bitch." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then Fudge comes again when there's the mass Azkaban breakout, and now tonight, and basically Fudge is like, uh, "Yeah, Voldy's back. Remember, remember back when I talked to you." I think this was, he told him kind of the whole thing about Voldy Spiel when Sirius Black broke out, is what right. they say. So, uh, he, the PM asks if Black is with him, and Fudge has to kind of sheepishly explain that, ah, no, nah, it turns out we were totally wrong about Sirius Black. Oh, and also he's dead. Uh, he was he was totally innocent, but he's dead now, so it doesn't really matter. He uh, died on Ministry yes. property, <laughs> so he was killed on Ministry property. And there's a good little little character moment here for for the PM, because he, uh, to his great surprise, the Prime Minister felt a fleeting stab of pity for Fudge at this point. It was, however, eclipsed almost immediately by a glow of smugness at the thought that deficient though he himself might be in the area of materializing out of fireplaces, there had never been a murder in any of the government departments under his charge. Dot, dot, dot. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I just think that's a good little, little character moment for the PM here. So... He's like, listen, uh, I'm real, real busy. I've got a lot of shit going on. And Fudge is like, yeah, we do too. It's it's all the same shit. And he's like, what are you talking about? And this is where, you know, we find out that Voldy is basically responsible for this bridge collapse, for this quote-unquote hurricane, for the murders, and also the weather, indirectly the weather, which we'll get to. <laughs> Yeah, we'll Fudge, get to. Fudge, yeah, we'll get to that. Fudge says that Voldy threatened a mass muggle killing if he didn't step aside, and that's what happened with the bridge. He brought down the bridge. Uh, PM, very upset about this, and they start to argue a little bit about whose fault it is. He's like, oh, you didn't do anything about it? And he was like, what would you have done if, you know, this basically terrorist threat had had come to you? And stuff like that, so... Then we find out this hurricane wasn't actually a hurricane. Um, The Office of Misinformation and teams of Obliviators have been out trying to modify the memories of all the muggles who saw what really happened. Uh, It was giants. Or one giant, maybe. I I, I can't remember. I think it was one giant. Yeah. He says, we've got most of the departments for the regulation and control of magical creatures running around Somerset, but we can't find the giant. It's been a disaster. Uh, we also find out here, he he says, Fudge says, I won't deny that morale is pretty low at the ministry. What with all that and then losing Amelia Bones. This is very sad. I liked Amelia Bones. Um, the PM is like, who the fuck is Amelia Bones? And he says, you know, the Fudge tells him the department, head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, we think he who must not be named may have murdered her in person. Because she was a very gifted witch, and all the evidence was that she put up a real fight. So badass. R.I.P. Amelia Bones. Um, Voldy had to take you down himself. Pour uh, one out, man. Yeah, pour one out. We hardly knew ye, Amelia Bones, but you sound like like a cool badass. So, um, Yeah, and the PM is like, oh, wait, hold on. I know that name. That was in 
our newspaper. She was just like this middle-aged woman who lived alone. And uh, he's like, yeah, the police were baffled by it. And Fudge is like, fucking course they were. Killed in a room that was locked from the inside. And Fudge is like, yeah, but we know exactly how who did it, but it doesn't doesn't get us much further in catching him. And then there's also, I guess it's another murder, Emmeline Vance. Um, and I can't remember what the deal with her was because I don't have that down. But I think she got murdered as well, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what her deal was either. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't recognize that name either. So I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to know this person. Nah. Uh, then, <laughs> so then Fudge goes on and says, uh, the Dementors have fully joined Voldy and are running amok, attacking people everywhere. Also, they're breeding, which is what's causing this mist everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, quit writing my jokes for me, damn it! <laughs> Just I a missed, sea of Dementor come. Just a sea of Dementor mist and everywhere. Uh, they're they're having a good time. And uh, the PM's like, uh, now see here, Fudge, you've got to do something. It's your responsibility as Minister of Magic. And Fudge, this is where we get a stinger of a line from Fudge. He's like, my dear Prime Minister, you can't honestly think that I'm still Minister of Magic after all this. I was sacked three days ago. The whole wizarding community has been screaming for my resignation for a fortnight. I've never known them so united in my whole term of office. Holy shit. Uh, Very, very funny. I was... I was honestly kind of sad that our boy Fudge isn't minister anymore, uh, just because he he fulfilled his role as this like shitty politician asshole so well. Um, I think Rufus Scrimgeour is is a badass though. Yeah, Rufus is. Uh, I I don't know what to make of Rufus yet, but we'll we'll get to him here in a second. Um. So yeah. So. He's like, yeah, I'm just basically here to... I was supposed to introduce you to the new Minister of Magic. And uh, he's running late, though. I thought he'd be here by now. And um, the painting says... He he asked the painting, I think Fudge does, the painting that talks in this room. He says that he's finishing a letter to Dumble, and he'll be there shortly. Uh, Fudge harumphs at this and saying he's been writing to Dumble twice a day for two weeks but Dumble won't budge. Quote, if he'd just been prepared to persuade the boy, I might still be, and then he trails off. What does Fudge and Rufus want Dumble to persuade? I mean, the boy has to be Harry Potter. He's just a boy. He's just a boy. (laughs) What does he want him to do? This is very interesting. I think this this line is the key in this chapter. I will tell you what he wants him to do. It's a little thing called the razzle-dazzle. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I hate you. You had me there. Did so I have this you is going? when we are introduced to our boy Rufus Scrim. How did you say it? Scrimgower? Scrimgeour. That's how I've always read it. Okay. I'm going to say Scrimgower. Okay. Who looks like a lion, apparently. Um, he's got like a, a, a bushy mane of hair that is very lion-like. Hell yeah. Um, this dude, all business. He he basically comes in 
uh, tells the prime minister, the PM, slaps his dick around and then yeah. leaves. <laughs> yeah, basically tells him a few <laughs> things, and yeah, just leaves. Basically, the best thing, uh, he's like, "Yeah, we're not happy with your security situation," and the prime minister's like. I am perfectly happy with the security I've already got. Thank you, Very. Scrimgar's like, yeah, well, we're not. It'll be a poor lookout for the muggles if their prime minister gets put under the Imperius curse. The new secretary in your outer office, and the PM cuts in here with maybe my favorite line in this whole chapter. <laughs> I'm not getting reamed of Kingsley Shacklebolt if that's what you're suggesting. He's highly efficient, gets through twice the work the rest of them. And then Scrimgar cuts back in. He's like, uh, yeah, that's because he's a wizard. Just, just <laughs> deadpan. It says specifically without a flicker of a smile. Uh, totally deadpan, this guy, Stoneface. Um, he's a highly trained magical hit wizard who has been assigned to you for your protection. And then suddenly now, all of a sudden, Prime Minister, not a fan of Kingsley Shacklebolt. He's like, wait, hold on. You can't just put your people into my office. I decide for who works for me. And Scrimgower's like, I thought you were happy with Shacklebolt. And the PM's like, I am. Well, that's to say I was. Uh, then there's no problem, is there? Well, as long as Shacklebolt's work continues to be er, excellent. <laughs> Sent the prime minister lamely, but Scrimgar barely seemed to hear him. Very, very funny exchange there. I'm like, oh hell yeah, Kingsley. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude. Oh hell yeah. And then we get uh, some info about this Herbert Chorley dude, which is a real dumb name that I'm a big fan of. <laughs> Fucking um, Chorley. <laughs> Chorley. Sounds like someone with a heavy British accent saying Charlie. Chorley. Um... <laughs> Dude, uh, this dude reacted badly to a poorly performed Imperius curse and has been transferred to St. Mungo's, where he's already tried to strangle three healers. And then Rufus is like, yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm busy. I'm out. And they get ready to leave. Also, look at the size of my dick. Bye. Also, I'm a lion. Um, <laughs> and I'm a cat. I'm a, I'm a sexy cat. <laughs> he is. A, Rufus is definitely a sexy cat. So, the PM, right before they leave, this is a good line here, he says, But for heaven's sake, you're wizards! You can do magic! Surely you can short out, well, anything! Scrimgower turned slowly on the spot and exchanged an incredulous look with Fudge, who really did manage a smile this time, as he said kindly, The trouble is, the other side can do magic too, Prime Minister. And with that, the two wizards stepped one after the other into the bright green fire and vanished. Very, very good end to a pretty interesting chapter. is is a lot of fun. It, it gave us a lot of insight into this Prime Minister character. And we get the, you know, the big info that, you know, Dementors are coming everywhere. And um, Rufus Scrimcower is the new uh, head of the ministry. Right. And I I don't know what to make of him, like I said. I... I feel like I should have heard this name, like by osmosis, in passing. You're by not now. the only. Uh, I'm not going to call you a Potter fan per se, but you're not the only person who's read these books and had that thought. Like, okay, so when, like, right before it was revealed who it was, I did stop and think momentarily. Like when we, when Fudge, I, I knew Fudge was no longer minister. 
I was like, okay, who could it possibly be? And I was like, it can't be Amelia Bones because we know she's gone. Uh, wouldn't Dolores Umbridge. Umbridge. Yeah, I was like, it won't be Umbridge. I was like, who else in the ministry? Um, for a brief moment, I was like, they wouldn't make Dumble head of the ministry, would they? And I was like, nah, I doubt they would. I doubt he would even do it. So I had no idea. I was like, is this going to be a returning character? And then, no, it's this entirely new character. And I was like, man, I really feel like if he's like fulfilling this pretty important role of Minister of Magic, I feel like I should have heard this name in passing sometime before. But I will say, now that I've said that, I don't think I had ever heard the name Cornelius Fudge either. So maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah, I mean... Wait, you mean in passing as in, like, osmosis in life? Right, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, as a sideline character in the books. Either or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Okay, so let me clarify my statement earlier. You're not the only person who's read these books who has had the thought of, like, huh, interesting that we haven't, like, even had a name drop of this guy ever. Sure, sure. If he's he's this, you know, battle-hardened and... Right. you know whatever type of leader um yeah i mean like his his deal is he's he's an xor i mean mm-hmm. and has just maintained like some type of status in office but never like a head of a department but just kind of a hard motherfucker that people trust because yeah, it's, listen, it's a very dark I, I don't have a problem with her like bringing this new character into the mix right now like I have no problem with his name never having been name dropped before. I was just more surprised that like I've never heard this name before. I don't think like I wonder how important he is going to actually be to the story. But gotcha. Anyway. I I do like uh I do like the actor that plays him too. That's cool. Uh, I I can't remember. I don't know his name, but uh he's very like um it almost looks like if he came straight out of like a series of unfortunate events. Oh hell yeah! Like he, like he's like a little bit, like a little over dramatic, over the top. Yeah, it's hell he's yeah. great. I really like him. Okay, all right. Well, I I like his character. I should say, but I'm a big fan yeah. of that. All right, so chapter two. This is probably where we will spend the bulk of our time in this podcast episode. Uh, this chapter is fantastic. I, I would say yes. this is probably easily in the top five chapters so far for me in the series. Uh, this chapter is real, real good. So we start out, we see uh, these two, these two Dieters who we come to find out. Uh, well, I don't know if Narcissa is technically a Dieter or not. I, I assume she is. I don't actually think that she is a Death Eater. Okay, fair enough. She's married to one at the very least. Yes. Okay. Anyway, these two sisters, we, we don't know who they are at the beginning, of course, but we come to find out who they are. They're in this muggle village, and they're going to this house. This is Narcissa Malfoy. Sissy. And, yes, Sissy <laughs> and Bella. Bellatrix Lestrange. Um, by the way... I, From what I'm recalling from the end of book four, Bellatrix's husband is still alive, right? Yes. Uh, Well, I'm sure we'll meet him at some point. Rodolphus, I think is his name. Are we going to meet him at some point? I mean, he'll be around. Bella is, by a wide margin, like the key of their 
He's there, but okay. Yeah, I, would... I just I couldn't remember. I was like, I thought for sure uh, Voldy had said that they were both still in Azkaban and they would rejoin him. And I was like, wait, no, like we haven't met him yet. Like, is he dead? Maybe I don't know. Anyway, no, yeah. I was just curious. So yeah, Bella and Sissy. So uh, Bella's like chasing after her Sissy, and she's like, "You must not do this. You can't trust him." And uh, Sissy comes back with, the Dark Lord trusts him, doesn't he? And Bella says, the Dark Lord is, I believe, mistaken. In any case, we are not, we were told not to speak of the plan to anyone. This is a betrayal of the Dark Lords. And Narcissa just kind of cuts her off and she's like, let's go. And uh, she, she pulls, she, Bella's like trying to physically hold her back. And Narcissa pulls her wand on her. And Bella just laughs at this. She's like, I'm your sister. You wouldn't. And Narcissa says, there's nothing I wouldn't do anymore. With a note of hysteria in her voice. And she brought down the wand like a knife. There was another flash of light. Bella let go of her sister's arm as though burned. Is this like similar or the same spell that Dolahov was using when he like slashed his wand like a knife? No. Okay, fair enough. So they get to this house, and it's my guy Snape. This is apparently Snape's house, where Snape lives when he's not at Hogwarts, I guess. and um, Or at least where he's staying for now. Sure. No, I this, got the, this, this, this is his place. I got yeah. the impression that this was his house. Yeah. Uh, Narcissa says that she needs to talk to him, and they come in. So my guy Snape, uh, as always... In prime fucking form in this chapter. And Snape's like, what can I do for you? <laughs> Narc- uh, Narcissa's like, we we are alone, aren't we? And <laughs> Snape goes, yes, of course. Well, Wormtail's here, but we're not counting vermin, are we? <laughs> Dude, savage, man. It is so savage. He is so savage to our Severus boy. Severus Savage Snape. Fucking Pettigrew. Pettigrew comes out. He tries to talk back to Snape about how, so go, I'm not your snervant. Snervant? <laughs> Jesus. I'm not your servant. And Snape is like, really, bitch? You sure about that? Get us some damn wine. And he does, and then Snape sends in sends him to his room. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here." Uh, he tries to stay and listen, but Snape fucks his shit up. He's like, hey, "Wait, hold on, hold on, Narcissa, don't start talking yet." And he like does something with his wand, and you hear like Pettigrew like go like ah like behind the <laughs> the door or something like that. It's very very funny. Uh, love love Snape. Crazy that that spell can go through barriers yeah but yeah. the unblockable spell exactly you know can't. thanks zach thanks for bringing these things up <laughs> this is what i have you here for thanks sir making my points for me so <laughs> snape oh my god he's he he cuts narcissa off before she starts laying her soul bare here because bellatrix uh, is not happy about any of this. She's not happy about being there. She's not happy that this is Snape that they're talking to. Uh, she's just not having it. She's straight up not having a good time. <laughs> straight up not having a good time, man. <laughs> yeah. So Snape is like, I think we ought to hear what Bellatrix is bursting to say. It will save us tedious interruptions. Continue, Bellatrix. Why is it that you do not trust me? 
And she's like, a hundred reasons. Where do you want me to fucking start, dude? Where were you when the Dark Lord fell? Why did you never make any attempt to find him when he vanished? What have you been doing all these years that you've lived in Dumbledore's pocket? She Why- starts singing that uh, the Frey song. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is kind of a deep cut, even for the Frey. Uh, that is it's a impressive. good song. Yeah, it is a good song. Uh, why did you stop the Dark Lord procuring the Sorcerer's Stone? Why did you not return at once when the Dark Lord was reborn? Where were you a few weeks ago when we battled to retrieve the prophecy for the Dark Lord? And why, Snape, is Harry Potter still alive when you have had him at your mercy for five years? Uh, I, you know, I don't want to call her math into question here. Not quite a hundred questions, but it is a lot of questions. So, Snape, uh, cold-blooded. Uh, he's like, before I answer you, oh yes, Bellatrix, I am going to answer. You can carry my words back to the others who whisper behind my back and carry false tales of my treachery to the Dark Lord. Before I answer you, I say, let me ask a question in turn. He does the whole classic thing of like, yeah, I'll answer you a question, but you answer me one first. Do you really think that the Dark Lord has not asked me each and every one of those questions? And do you really think that had I not been able to give satisfactory answers, I would be sitting here talking to you? She's like, well, I know he believes you, but... And Snape is like, oh, you think he is mistaken? That I have somehow hoodwinked him? Fooled the Dark Lord, the greatest wizard, the most accomplished Legolmans the world has ever seen? And Bellatrix has, like, no response to that she's like well when you put it that way yeah i kind (laughs) of ride or die for voldy so you like saying like uh really like uh, that kind of makes me look like a fool if i'm saying that you have basically fooled him so i got nothing can i can i i want to ask you in the middle of this conversation yes uh rather than at the end ask away while reading this Mm -hmm. were you like i mean aside from your obvious just like raging throbbing fucking hard on for, for Snape, Snape. Hype! like what what was going through your head like were you like like thinking like oh, okay like what lies is he gonna tell or what truths you know what I mean like definitely so the the question that she asked that had me maybe the most curious how he was gonna answer is actually the Sorcerer's Stone one because mm-hmm. I was like yeah that one is a bit like what 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 is his going to be his defense for that one mm-hmm. like i i think the rest of them is like pretty expected answers and like you know everything lines up and makes sense um but but yes more more to what i think you're wondering is like i i just want to know what you were thinking as you started reading all this it, like are you asking me like what side i think snape is really on well n- I mean, sure, that can be a question that we can talk about, but I I just want to know, like, like what were you thinking? Like, when this conversation started, were you like, oh, shit, like, you know, he, here it is, like, let's, let, let's see how he navigates this, or like, or let's see, you know, like, what side he really is on, or whatever, or like, was it just like, uh, you know, I already think I have my answer, and, and I'm, you know. I mean, it was mainly just like, I wanted to hear what his explanations were, because, you know... We talked at the end of book four about when, like, oh, I this is what I think Snape is going to go do is go back undercover type of situation. 
Um, and we were like, would you think Voldy would just be cool and okay with that? And it was, you know, like, well, I don't know. That seems like a kind of thing. And then, you know, we got more context with the whole Snape being, you know, one of the best best at occlumency basically in the world. And just like, I, I knew as confident as Snape was that he would have like legit and believable answers. Mm-hmm. I was just curious to see what exactly they were and like what I guess the reaction to them would be. Sure. Because it it is an interesting dynamic. Snape is like seemingly on the outs with most of the other Dieters, but very tight with Voldy. Oh yeah. So that's an interesting dynamic in that Bellatrix seems very jealous of that. Like, especially now that she's a little on the outs with Voldy, and we get into this more in a bit, but she's a little on the outs with Voldy because she fucked up big time. Yeah. Um, in the minister in the ministry. Um so yeah, it's it's a very interesting dynamic of Snape is kind of seen as a traitor by a lot of the other Dieters. Meanwhile, the one the one whose opinion really matters, Voldy, is like, no, yeah, Snape's my fucking guy. Like, I yeah. I'm I know I've legomensed his fucking ass off and I yeah, he's legit. He's with me. So Yeah, I I mean I think I think the thing that we need to understand about Voldemort's uh character is that I don't think that he necessarily has a guy, but sure. he is, he's the most valuable. He's the MVP on the, on the squad. Definitely. He, he's providing the most by a right. mile. And that's what Snape tells Bellatrix. He's like, you think, you think I'm like this big trader, but I have given more, you know, like relevant information and more important stuff to Voldy than any of the rest of you fuckers. So I don't want to hear your bullshit about how I'm this big trader, basically. Yeah. Like I'm I'm the MVP of this squad. Definitely. Um you're you're a fucking scrub compared to me and he boy, he he just has he just has an answer for everything. I mean, quite and, literally. Like yes. literally he goes down the list. <laughs> he literally goes down the list, but also just the way he delivers it, the the confidence with which he delivers it. It's just so good. Like you said, obviously already raging Snape boner. And like this chapter did nothing to, you know, dissuade that. Uh, It basically was like, I already had a boner. And then I took, you know, like six fucking Cialis on top of that. (laughs) uh, Just to get, just go extra long and hard. You need to, you need to call, consult with your doctor if your erection lasts longer than four books. And it definitely has. <laughs> exactly. Uh so I'll go down the list here. These these are my um the answers that Snape gives, a uh, summary of the answers that Snape gives to these questions. He says, "Yeah, uh dude, I was at Hogwarts cuz that's what Voldy ordered. Uh, I did not look for him because like many others, I believed that he was gone. Uh I made a mistake." Uh he's he basically like, "Yeah, most of us thought Voldy was gone forever, and very few of us looked for him. So, you know what? Made a mistake. It happens. The Dark Lord has, you know, understands that and has forgiven me. Um, Snape says, Voldy wouldn't have many followers left if all those that doubted couldn't serve him. Bellatrix is like, 
she like partially unhinged here. She screams. She's like, well, he'd have me. And that she remained faithful, faithful at Azkaban. <laughs> Snape is like, yeah, most admirable. You weren't much use in prison, but the gesture was indeed fine. <laughs> she is not pleased about this. Uh, She's very pissed uh, about how much she endured while he was comfy in Dumble's pocket. <laughs> Snape's like, listen, bitch, it wasn't all sunshine and roses, okay? Dumble wouldn't let me teach defense against the dark arts because he thought I would, like, relapse into my old ways. <laughs> and Belichick's like, oh, poor baby, you couldn't teach your favorite subject. Fuck you. <laughs> And I'm like, that's very good. That's his comeback for like, yeah, while you were suffering in Azkaban, I had to teach potions and I couldn't teach defense against the dark arts. Literally one of the best potions masters. <laughs> yeah. Also that. Also, he's badass at potions, but he's like, mm, Dumble wouldn't let me teach defense against the dark arts. It's very, very funny. Um, He said he stayed at Hogwarts in Dumbledore's pockets, as it were. Because it kept him out of Azkaban, and he had 16 years of info on Dumble to give Voldy. Voldy was happy that he stayed. Why do you have a problem with it, Bellatrix? Um, the core, because, okay, yeah, I mentioned that the one I was really curious about was the Sorcerer's Stone one. I was like, what is he, what is he going to say about this? He tells her that he didn't know Voldy was possessing Quirrell, because when Voldy came back, he wasn't sure he could trust Snape, so he didn't basically communicate to him that he was living on the back of Quirrell's head. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yes, Snape's like, I did all in my power to stop what I thought was just a shitty, greedy wizard in Quirrell. I was like, yeah, I didn't fucking know it was Voldy. He says something to the effect of, like, uh, it's regrettable because if Voldy had trusted me, he could have returned to power, you know, much quicker, like three years earlier or something like that. So I was like, okay, all right, that's that's a good, I'll buy that. Uh, then he goes on, he's, yeah, just continuing to go down the list of her, her questions here. He didn't come to the graveyard right away when, you know, Voldy summoned his Dieters. He went two hours later on Dumble's orders. Bellatrix freaks out at this. He's like, use your fucking head. Uh, this ensured that I could keep my position at Hogwarts. That I could keep being a double agent for... For Voldy. Um, Snape also makes a crack here about how he's passed plenty of info to Voldy. Because she's like, well, what kind of info? What kind of info are you giving to him? And Snape's like, listen, it's been a lot. Uh, if he doesn't choose to share it with you, that's your problem. Like, I'm giving him a shit ton. And if he's choosing not to share it with you, I don't know what to tell you. It's not my place to tell you. And she's <laughs> Dude, like. It's such a slam dunk. It's, it's such a slam. She's like, well, I'm his most trusted servant. And Snape is like, mm, really? You sure about that? <laughs> Yeah, after that whole ministry fiasco, you might want you might want to check your placing in your uh, in Voldy's power rankings uh, again. There, Bella. No, uh, no, 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 no. Check the tape. Check, check the tape. Check the tape, because uh, pretty sure he's pissed about that. Uh, this is real good. Bella tries to deflect the blame to Lucius, 
And Narcissa pipes up here for the first time in this conversation. She's like, don't you dare blame my husband, you bitch. Uh, it's pretty good. Good for you, Narcissa, for sticking up for, for your husband. Um, Snape's also like, uh, yeah, I feel like why I didn't join the fight in the ministry is pretty obvious. Uh, it would have blown my cover, dude. Also, I really thought you could handle six teenagers by yourself. My bad for, for thinking that, you know, you didn't need help with that. Um, he does <laughs> somewhat sarcastically give her credit for killing Sirius. Um, he's like, yeah, good job. I think he does, gives her a little fake toast. He gives her a little toast because they got this wine uh, about killing Sirius. <laughs> That's right. Yes, he does. Very, very sarcastically. I love it. Um, he also mentions that apparently it was his info that led to the murder of this uh, Emmeline Vance character. And then Bellatrix has got more questions. She's like, why haven't you revealed the location of the HQ, of the Order of the Phoenix's HQ? And he's like, um, I'm not the secret keeper. Do you know how this enchantment works? Like, Do you fucking even know how magic <laughs> you, works, bitch? Do you know how to magic, Bellatrix? Like, come on. <laughs> It's very good. Snape has the perfect, like, answer for everything. Yeah. His delivery is just so calculated. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very so great. So. Um, here he's saying, this is, oh, and this is, this is, he's finally getting, she, she's like, well, I noticed you haven't answered my last question about Harry Potter. And he's like, bitch, I had like 60 other questions from you I had to get through. <laughs> like, fucking <laughs> let me get there. And he says, I should remind you that when Potter first arrived at Hogwarts, there were still many stories circulating about him. Rumors that he himself was a great dark wizard, which was how he had survived the Dark Lord's attack. Indeed, many of the Dark Lord's old followers thought Potter might be a standard around which we could all rally once more. I was curious, I admit it, and not at all inclined to murder him the moment he set foot in the castle. This is the best... Of course, it became apparent to me very quickly that he had no extraordinary talent at all. He has fought his way out of a number of tight corners by a simple combination of sheer luck and more talented friends. And I'm like, preach! Preach, brother! <laughs> You're such a fucker. He is mediocre to the last degree, though as obnoxious and self-satisfied as was his father before him. Even when Harry's not around, Snape is just like burn town on Harry, like <laughs> sending him to the burn unit, like third degree. It's so good. I love it. So, so good. He says, I have done my utmost to have him thrown out of Hogwarts where I believe he scarcely belongs. This is true. We've seen Snape try to get Harry thrown out a bunch of times. But kill him or allow him to be killed in front of me, I would have been a fool to risk it with Dumbledore close at hand. And Bellatrix is like, and through all this, we are supposed to believe Dumbledore has never suspected you. He has no idea of your true allegiance. He trusts you implicitly still. And Snape's like, yeah, dude, I've played my part well. I fucking rock. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> MVP. Uh, yeah, bitch. I'm I'm rad. Like, what what do you want me to say? He also you've you've mentioned this several times. He brings up 
And you overlook Dumbledore's greatest weakness. He has to believe the best of people. I spun him a tale of deepest remorse when I joined his staff, fresh from my Death Eater days, and he embraced me with open arms. Though, as I say, never allowing me near the dark arts than he could help. Dumbledore has been a great wizard. And Bellatrix like scoffs at this, and he's like, oh yes, he has. The Dark Lord acknowledges it. I am pleased to say, however, that Dumbledore is growing old. The duel with the Dark Lord last month shook him. He has since sustained a serious injury because his reactions are slower than they once were. But through all these years, he has never stopped trusting Severus Snape, and therein lies my great value to the Dark Lord. This is interesting. Very. And I feel like definitely going to be vitally important in this book. Um, We will get to next chapter, what I believe this injury to be. Um, But this is, this is wow. So Snape acknowledges, yeah, Dumbledore, despite Dumbledore seemingly... Controlling the fight. Nonchalantly wrecking shop uh, when he fought Snape, or not Snape, uh, Voldy, in the ministry. Snape's like, yeah, it's, it's you know, he, he's kind of putting on, you know, a, a more show than, you know, he he's he struggled with that maybe more than he let on type of situation. Yes. Um... It says that fight shook him and that this injury happened because his reactions are slower than they once were. So at first I was like, oh shit, he got injured during that fight. But then I read through this again. I was like, wait, no, this something must have happened after the way it's phrased. Hmm. Because it says he has since sustained a serious injury. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't think this happened in his fight with Voldy. Couldn't but say. What what is he doing? Like what who could he be fighting or what could he be doing where he could possibly get injured when even Voldy couldn't injure him? I mean, granted he says like, yeah, that fight shook him a little bit, but even Voldy couldn't injure him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what's this motherfucker been up to? Okay, well, I mean, what if what if uh, Snape is giving them the old razzle-dazzle, just giving them some smokescreen? <sighs> well, I, I would have bought that if I'd stopped after chapter two, but Harry notices something's up with Dumble's hand in the next chapter, so mm-hmm. unless Dumble is, like, pulling the wool over the eyes of everybody, like, you know, doing old fake-out, like... Oh my hand! Oh. I guess I guess what I mean is like, what if him saying that the fight with the Dark Lord shook him is just trying to give them a false sense of hope? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think Snape's strength, like how he can be so smooth and confident in all this, is because there is so much truth in what he is telling them. Yeah, like uh, Snape is such, and th- and this is true of all great like deceivers and liars. Is like there is so much truth in what they tell that it's difficult to pluck out where the lies are. Sure. 
Um, yeah, and no, I, I think I, that's I think that Snape here is that so much of what he says is just a hundred percent truth, and that's how he can get away with playing this double, triple, quadruple agent bullshit that he that is his life. Uh, so what what side is Snape on? You know what I. <laughs> I was thinking about that a lot in this chapter, and honestly, I don't. I stopped thinking about it because I was like, I don't even care. Like, I honestly <laughs> don't. Like, he's just so good and so interesting. If it turns out this has been like a ruse against Dumbledore this whole time, and he's fully telling the truth here, I'd be okay with it. If the opposite was true, is that yes, he's. This super gifted Aquamens that has hoodwinked Voldy, and he's still on the good side. Cool. I I I'm I'm good either way, and I kind of am enjoying having that even be a like a question, like having yeah. that up in the air as a mystery. I'm just kind of enjoying it in the moment, and I'm not trying to puzzle it out too much. These uh these later books that is that was a lot of readers as they were like, as the books were coming out mm-hmm. that, I mean, that was the thing to talk oh, about. For sure. You know, it. yeah. it's, I, I mean, I remember myself, I was absolutely shitting myself through most of these books <laughs> there at the end. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a good time, man. Oh, um, Zachy's still in diapies shitting all over himself. Dude, shitting everywhere, man. <laughs> Fucking everywhere. Uh, well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that. Do you? Okay. So, I mean, you're saying you don't care, but yeah. Do you have a preference? I don't have a preference. I. I'd say if I was leaning which way I think is true. Mm-hmm. I think he is on Dumble's side. Okay. But if he's not. And I got fooled. I I won't be mad. I won't be mad even a little bit. I'll be like, cool. That's that's <laughs> cool. Like, you done good. You done. You done fooled <laughs> you me, done Snape. Good. <laughs> that's hilarious. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, it's so good. God, he's if if I was if I was redoing my power rankings right after this chapter, I he he would he would shoot up to like three at least. Um, I don't know if he'd pass third Crook- to, to Gilderoy and to Crookshank still. He'd be close. He'd be very close. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So, really, really, just schools Bellatrix puts her in her place. Um, she's still not happy about all these these answers that he's given, but she kind of just has to accept them at this point um, because he has given a very good answer for everything and she can't really dispute any of it so this point Snape's like uh, yeah okay now let me get to your damn sister who's been waiting and crying over here for my help for the last (laughs) 20 minutes while I explain all this shit to you Bellatrix Uh, he's like how can I help She's crying about her husband and this plan. Uh, at first, I thought this plan was to get him out of prison, uh, which maybe it is, but there's also some other plan that they're talking about here, so I don't know if they're... 
I don't think they're connected. I, I'm sure they have some something in the works to try and get them out of prison, but I think this plan they're talking about is actually something separate now that I got further in here. Hmm. She's she's very worried about Draco, uh, her son, of course, who is very eager to prove himself. She thinks that Voldy is using Draco as punishment for Lucius's mistake. That Draco has no chance of succeeding whatever this is that he's supposed to do. She says, how can he, even the Dark Lord himself, and then she trails off a bit, and she says, oh, I only meant that no one has yet succeeded. <sighs> This this is this is the key. This is I want to loop back around to this for sure, but I want to finish this out. Okay. Uh, to kind of get the whole picture. But I think what she's saying here is going to be the key to my my theories. Okay. So, so Snape admits he's like, uh yeah, Voldy is very angry at Lucius. He he does not forgive e- easily. Uh, but cause she's, she's basically asking him like, can you talk Voldy? Voldy trusts you. Can you talk him out of making Draco do this? Well, first, and I think it's just, it's very subtle, but I think it's just such an, uh, another key to how well Snape plays whatever character he's playing mm-hmm. is, uh, when Narcissa tells him like, ah, like it's forbidden to talk about. And he's like, then, right. then the fucking, then his word is law. Right. Then don't, then don't fucking talk, talk to it. me about this. Right. And even and Bellatrix is like, I fucking told you. Right? <laughs> and yeah. she's like, wait, but fuck Snape. But also like, he's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. There, there was a deal here. I, I didn't good. take a note on it about how she, he's she's like, oh, I know we're not supposed to talk about this plan. And Snape's like, fucking, you're damn lucky. I already know about this damn plan. So. You know, you you could have been like treasonous against our dark lord. And but. then Bellatrix gets real fucking upset again because she's yeah. like, You you know he yeah. told you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, Snape's told, like, Yeah, me. I'm the fucking I'm the MVP of the squad, bitch. Of course I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh he's very, very good. Yeah. I should've I should have taken a note about that. Um Yeah, yeah, but yeah, basically Voldy's like, Yeah, no. He's super pissed at Lucius too. Uh, but there is no convincing him to change his mind. And also, I am not stupid enough to try to convince Voldy to change his mind. He's like, I ain't fucking doing that. Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, Narcissa breaks down. She she literally gets down on her knees, is like begging Snape, bawling into his robes. She says Snape could do it instead of Draco. She's like, of course you su- could succeed, better than any of them, and Voldy would greatly reward him. Snape replies, he's like, well, I think Voldy intends me to do it in the end, but he wants Draco to try first, because in the unlikely event he should succeed, I will be able, Snape, I will be able to remain undercover at Hogwarts. Uh, Narcissa sobs that it doesn't matter to Voldy if Draco dies, and Snape's like, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's real big upset, uh, about this whole ministry fiasco, so yeah, he's, he's probably, he, he wouldn't give a shit if Draco died, 
Uh, Bella here pipes up. She's like, oh, if I had children, I would gladly sacrifice them for Voldy. And I'm like, mother of the year over here, Bellatrix Dude. Lestrange. Uh, give, a, give a clap and a medal to that girl. Uh, thank She's goodness. got the clap? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, maybe that's why... I, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> was that going to be a bad joke? <laughs> yeah, it was going to be a bad joke. <laughs> it wouldn't even make sense. That was the biggest part of it. So, Narcissa here, she says, Severus, you would help him. Would you look after him? See, he comes to no harm. Snape says, I can try. If you are there to protect him, Severus, will you swear it? Will you make the unbreakable vow? The unbreakable vow, Snape says. Bellatrix, she she laughs at this. She's like, oh, I got this bitch now. She's like, aren't you listening, Narcissa? Oh, he'll try, I'm sure. The usual empty words. The usual slithering out of action. Oh, on the Dark Lord's orders, of course. But Snape's like, oh, you think you know me, Bellatrix? He he doesn't actually even, you know, he's he's too cool for that, actually. He doesn't even acknowledge her. But that's that's what he's thinking. That's what's going on in his head. Yeah, the, the line is really good. I mean, it literally says, Snape did not look at Bellatrix. Yeah. His, eye, his black eyes were fixed upon Narcissa's tear-filled blue ones as she continued to clutch his hand. Yes. It's just so, like, it's, it's, it's so intense. Good. Yes, very good. And he shocks everyone in the room by agreeing. He's like, I will do it. He says, your sister can be our bonder. He's like, you'll need... Sounds a- kinky. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you'll need your wand for this, and you'll need to get a little closer. Uh, he's basically telling her how to do all this shit. So Narcissa basically asks him three questions, and as he agrees... They, they like Bellatrix does this like spell, and there's like these magical ropes that like conjoin their hands, you know, like a sign of this pact being formed, so to speak. Um, first one is she asks him to watch over her son, and the second one is help keep him from harm, and the big one, the last one, if Draco cannot carry out the Dark Lord's orders, to do it himself. Snape agrees to all three, and Bellatrix shocked, but she does the thing, and they are magically bound together. And that is the end of a fantastic fucking chapter. Fuck yeah, it is. (laughs) Shit, okay. This plan. So. This is so, this is gonna be so hard for me. (laughs) This is going so hard for me. Oh, okay. So, my first instinct was he wants to kill Harry Potter. And I was like, okay, does this track with everything I know? Um, or and all the information they're giving here. The one where that doesn't really the one I don't think that the piece of information that we're given that it doesn't line up with Harry Potter, it still could, but they they make a big deal out of this. Like this is very difficult thing to do. 
Yeah, killing Harry. To me, <laughs> killing Harry does not sound that difficult to do. Now, listen, this bitch has incredible luck and plot armor, and as Snape says, very uh, you know, good friends. So that will help, but still could definitely be that. Because because what my thought process here was what has Voldy like I said, the key piece of information here, the one that is I think the most important, is when Narcissa says even the Dark Lord couldn't, and then kind of trails off. So this is something that Voldy has already tried and failed to do, I think. Hmm. So he has, t- the, the two things that I am aware of is kill Harry Potter. He has definitely tried and failed to do that several times. And defeat Dumbledore kill defeat whatever Dumbledore mm-hmm. which we saw happen in the ministry and I don't know if it happened in the first war I would kind of assume at some point they would have had to have dueled but maybe maybe not I don't know there could always be the possibility that there's something some new information that I am not aware of something else he has tried to do in the past that I just am not have not been made aware of yet. Mm-hmm. But those were the two things that came to mind as, oh, we have seen Voldy try and fail to do these things. Sure, right, okay, that makes sense. The Dumbledore one tracks in that, yeah, that sounds difficult as shit. Uh, but... Where where the Dumbledore one falls through for me is Narcissa is very worried that Draco will be killed attempting this. And unless they're just severely misjudging Dumbledore, Dumbledore is not one who's gonna kill this kid if this kill if this kid attempts to kill him. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore didn't even try and kill Voldy in their duel. Like he wasn't going for like killing blows. Voldy mentions this. Yes. So, both there is of my, a reason for that. I mean, I'm sure there are, <laughs> but again, I don't think it's Dumble's style to, oh Draco, you tried to kill me, I'm gonna kill you, type of situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's probably a lot of measures in that process that could, like, to even get the opportunity to try and kill Dumbledore. What do you mean? I don't know. I mean, like getting through people who are there to protect. I mean, like ors or other teachers that. Oh, you're saying like someone else, not necessarily Dumble, could kill Draco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, but like, in order for this to even be feasible, I'm viewing this as a uh, Draco and. Dumble alone type of situation, like sneak attack type thing. Mm-hmm. Sneak attack. Because <laughs> um, that is the only way that would ever possibly happen. And that also does track with what Narcissa says about Snape possibly being able to succeed. If Dumble does trust Snape so much as he claims, that would track. Because she says, oh, of course you could succeed, Snape, if you did it. Mm-hmm. 
So, but my two, those are my two primary theories, but I, I, I feel like there's one big hole in both of them. The one for Harry being, killing Harry should be easy. The one for Dumbledore. It should be, but tell that to Voldemort. easy. This plot armor <laughs> son of a gun. Uh, and the Dumble one is, I just can't envision Draco, like Narcissa being that worried about Draco's safety. But again, maybe she is just misjudging and not understanding Dumbledore's character. She also could, um, could just be worried, like, Okay, if it is a Dumbledore thing, could just be worried that if he doesn't succeed, that Voldemort will kill him. Also that. That's a good point. I, I, I did think of that, and I, yeah, I forgot forgot about that. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> if he fails, yeah, Voldy could just be like, okay, fuck you, kid. That's that's an excellent point. So is that is that where you're aligned with right now the most? Like I said, maybe. Th- that's... I, I definitely don't want to dismiss the fact that this could just be something entirely new. Hmm, like It could be. Maybe, like, uh, for fuck's sake, we just got this brand new Rufus Scrimgar character out of nowhere. So, you know, she can always bring new information to the table. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibility at all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is some crazy, like, fucking like summoning spell that will like take the life of the fucking user but do some badass big thing i don't know like just a type of magic that you're not yeah, familiar just a, with already just a type of magic that is like extremely like powerful but is very dangerous to the wielder something along those lines hmm these are all um Great theories, Scott. Yeah, this this is this is very intriguing. This is really got I'm me. I'm glad. Thinking. I'm glad that this is getting you. I guess like at least thinking about this stuff. You know. Yeah. You're you're, you're in the weeds with this material, <laughs> so I, I that makes me very happy. Yes, I know it does, and I I do enjoy theorizing. This was man. This is a good chapter. Like I said, of my two main theories. I don't feel like everything perfectly lines up for either of them, but enough does line up with the information that I'm I have here mm-hmm. to where I think it's 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 pretty possible it could be either of them. Sure, it it uh it definitely could. So that's that's where my head's at as far as that goes. Um, was there anything else you wanted? I know there's probably very little you can say, but anything else you wanted to... I I really (laughs) just wish that our listeners could appreciate how hard this is for me. (laughs) Like, like I I feel like there are often times, like, comments about, like, well, why wouldn't Zach say this? Or, like, whatever. And it's like, I literally... I can't. I literally cannot... And I don't want you to, even if you could. I would get lynched by the Harry Potter fandom yes. for spoiling shit for you. The HP Mafia. They exist. HP Mafia, dude. Um, listen, even though other people might not be able to fully appreciate it, I fully appreciate the position you are in, buddy. Because as you well know, I am uh, have been in the same position with One Piece stuff many a yeah. times. I mean, you were in the same position when... Uh, 
when you got me into Game of Thrones. Yeah, also that, yeah, for, for a short time while you were still catching up, for sure. So, I, you know, it's it's a thankless job doing what you're doing. Yeah. Do you but, remember when I was telling you how uh, Rob Stark was my new favorite yes. Yes. I the yes, middle okay. of season three, you know, quick, I was like, dude, yes. I love this guy. Quick side story. We have to talk about that. Mid for those of who have seen uh Game of Thrones, the show, know uh what happens at the end of season three to to Rob Stark. And yeah, middle of season three, as Zach is watching through these, he literally texts me, was like, dude, Rob Stark, new favorite character. That's my guy. Ride or dying for Rob Stark. <laughs> and I'm just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah. God damn. It. It's so funny. Similarly, uh, when our friend Chaz, who we have mentioned several times, shout out to Chaz, he was in the middle of season one and texted me something very similarly similar about uh, our boy Call Drogo. It's like, yeah, fucking Call Drogo. Ride or die for this dude. He's my guy. Uh, so those but moments. Then, but then we, we got to tell the follow-up to that Oh, story. yes. Is that uh, Chaz told us that he finished the first season. Yes. And that he was ready to start season two. And which, we were very excited. Which, if you don't know, if you have finished season one, it... it wraps up Cal Drogo's story so to speak his yeah, story it's pretty, is done uh, it's pretty definitive pretty definitively uh, he done yeah uh, so Chaz is like yeah no man I'm, I'm fucking ready to start season 2 and we're like hell yeah cool let's like let's do it and then he's like I just really want to know what happens to my boy Cal Drogo and we're like what what uh, are you uh, I thought you did you, you are you sure you one. finished <laughs> We were so we were so confused. This motherfucker fell asleep in the middle of the episode. He swore up and down that he saw credits. Yeah. So the only thing that we I can think is, I swear to God, is, I fucking saw the credits, yeah. man. I know I watched the end of that episode. The only thing we can think is that he fell asleep, and when like the credits started, like you know, music probably came up, and he like got startled awake. Saw that they were credits playing and just thought to himself, oh, yeah, I finished that episode. I watched that. <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking bless, idiot. Bless I, lo- his I love that guy. Love you, Chaz. Oh, Fuck. Good times. Good times. It's so funny. Okay. So, so yeah. Uh, Scott, we have one last chapter. It's a quick one. Yes. Let's, let's get through this thing. Yes, definitely. This, this shouldn't take too long. There's, there's not a ton here. So, chapter three. Uh, this opens with, we get a bunch of newspaper headlines about a guy, Harry, how he's the chosen one, and, uh, Rufus, Rufus, who was apparently the head of the magical hit wizard office, uh, but apparently he's, there's some mention here about he's on the outs with Dumble, like him and Dumble are not on the best of terms, something about that is mentioned in the article here. Uh, he has, however guaranteed the safety of the Hogwarts students. Um, There's also some ministry safety guidelines in these newspaper headlines. We get a couple mentions of old faves, you know, the ones we love like Polyjuice Potion and Imperious Curses. And we get a couple new ones, like Zach's favorite, Sidelong Apparition. Um, which Side I, along apparition. I believe this is the first time it has been mentioned, and uh, 
as we've discussed uh, several plot holes of like, why have you guys never utilized that before? Come up here. But anyway. And then this other one called Inferi. Um, I don't in, know yeah, what in, that in is. Free. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. And there's not much info in this paper about it. So You shall learn. Maybe more will come later. Harry's got this uh, letter from Dumble saying that he will be there to escort him to the burrow and that he needs help with a matter along the way. Uh, Harry's like, this is too good to be true. He's not actually going to show up. So he <laughs> he doesn't even bother packing <laughs> this dipshit. Uh, but of course, Dumbledore does show up uh, right when he says he would. He comes to the door and um, <laughs> he does, says to Vernie, he's like, oh, I'm sure Harry told you that you would be expecting me. And Vernie just looks shocked. He's like shocked. And Dumble's like, oh, I guess he did not tell you that would be coming. Um, this is very, very funny. Um, uh, Harry comes running down the stairs and Dumbledore sees him and he says, "Ah, uh, oh, good evening, Harry. <laughs> excellent, excellent. As he sees him. These words seemed to rouse Uncle Vernon. It was clear that as far as he was concerned, any man who could look at Harry and say excellent was a man with whom he could never see eye to eye. <laughs> and I'm like, man's got a point. Maybe me and Dumble can never see eye to eye either. Uh, also, this is really good. Vernie says to Dumble, I don't mean to be rude. He began in a tone that threatened rudeness in every syllable. And Dumble just cuts him off and says, Yet sadly, accidental rudeness occurs alarmingly often. (laughs) 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 Best to say nothing at all. Uh, Very, very good stuff from our guy Dumble here. So... (laughs) Dumble keeps saying stuff like he keeps assuming he he assumes the sale. Our guy Dumble over here. Oh he's yeah, like, he's like, let's say you uh, let's assume you invited me in, and then he's like, let's assume you invited me to come in here and sit down because the Dursleys are too shocked to say anything, and Dumbledore's just taking charge. Dumble's like, we have some things to discuss before they leave, uh, and this is when Harry notices that Dumble's hand is black and shriveled. Like the flesh has been burned away. He asks Dumble, and Dumble's just like, Later, Harry. This must be the wound that Snape mentioned. Mm. What happened to my guy's hand? Mm, maybe he stuck it in a Dementor's butthole. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, what else would make it look like that? What else? Exactly. There's literally nothing else that could be. There are no other options. We're forced to accept that one. So Dumble's like, Sirius's will was discovered, and he left everything to you, Harry. Surprise, surprise. Harry says he doesn't want the house, that the Order of the Phoenix can have it. And Dumble's like, oh, that's very generous of you, very generous, but it's not that simple. Uh, They could have put, like, hexes or enchantments or whatever on the house, that it would legally pass to the next pure blood in line. Um, because Harry is not pure blood, so basically it would, even despite Sirius's will, bypass him and go to Bellatrix. Um, obviously, Harry, not happy about this. He has big beef with Bella, um, killing his guy. 
And uh, Dumb was like, yeah, obviously we had to vacate it because it wouldn't be good if she showed up on our doorstep. He's like, but we got a simple test whether it went to Bella or to you, Harry. And he uh, pops Creature right in. <laughs> Creature just shows up in the Dursley's living room. <laughs> Dursley's like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> uh, Creature freaking the fuck out. He says he won't go to Harry. He wants Mistress Bellatrix. He's pitching an absolute fit. Harry's like, okay, I definitely don't want Creature. And uh, Dumble is like, uh, but do you really want him to go to Bella and tell her all the Order's secrets? Harry's like, fuck. Yeah, no, that's not good either. Dumble says, give him an order and see if he has to follow it. He does, and Creature does have to. He tells him to shut up, and Creature does have to shut up. And so Dumble's like, oh, that's that. You own the house and everything else now. He suggests to Harry that he should send Creature to Hogwarts to work in the kitchens. So he does, and Creature pops out of there. Also, Harry apparently owns Buckbeak, and I'm like, did Sirius really own Buckbeak? Like, <laughs> that seemed to be like more of like a partnership situation. I just don't know if I appreciate this hippogriff slavery going on over here. Uh, also, totally fine with the house elf slavery, but yeah. the hippogriff slavery is where you draw the line. Exactly. Uh, also, also, uh, Dumble mentions that in order to protect him from the ministry, they have renamed Buckbeak to Reese Witherspoon. Um, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Uh, yeah, Witherspoon. Wing Witherspoon. Witherspoon. It's definitely Reese Witherspoon. Um, and Harry's like, yeah, Hagrid. Oh, he's staying with Hagrid right now. And Harry's like, yeah, Hagrid can keep him. And Dumble's like, oh, he'll be delighted at that. So, uh, so yeah, then Dumble addresses the Dursleys here. This entire time, yeah, the, the there's the whole mead joke here that Dumble made this mead appear and he like floats it over to them and they just absolutely refuse to touch it. So it just keeps like these cups just keep bonking them on the head. Uh, it's very, very good. Dumble tells the Dursleys that next year Harry will come of age. And Miss Petunia, Miss Petunia, Aunt Petunia. Miss Petunia. I don't know where Miss Petunia <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Miss Petunia. Uh, she hasn't said a word like this entire time. But for whatever reason, this upsets her. She's like, bullshit. He's not turning 18 next year. And Dumble's like, ah, but 17 is coming of age in the wizard world. Vernie, of all the things he's seen tonight, seems to think this is the most preposterous thing he's ever heard, which is very funny. Um, Dumble says that the magic that protects Harry here in this house will cease to exist when he does turn 17. And he's like, listen, he tells the Dursleys, Harry, whom Lord Voldemort has already attempted to kill on a number of occasions, is even is in even greater danger now than the day when I left him upon your doorstep 15 years ago. With a letter explaining about his parents' murder and expressing the hope that you would care for him as though he were your own. Dumbledore paused, and although his voice remained light and calm, he gave no obvious sign of anger. Harry felt a kind of chill emanating from him and noticed that the Dursleys drew very slightly closer together. This Dude. is so good. Dumble, like, 
fucking lets these fuckers have it. You did not do as I asked. You have never treated Harry as a son. He has known nothing but neglect and often cruelty at your hands. The best that can be said is that he has at least escaped the appalling damage you have inflicted upon the unfortunate boy sitting between you. So good. Burns all the Dursleys and (laughs) basically makes a a sideswipe comment about Dudley being a little sack of shit while he's at it. (laughs) Uh, very, very Dudley good stuff. Sucks, dude. <laughs> Dudley totally sucks. Uh, did I not put any of the Dursleys on my midish way through character power rankings, or did I? I uh, no, you did. Now. You put Vernon. In I there. put Vernie. Okay. I was like, boy, did I really forget the Dursleys entirely? <laughs> uh, Vernie's the only one that matters. So, um, but yeah, Dumble just wants them to let Harry come back one more time. Um. This this next year, and he's like, "That's basically all I've got to say about that." And Dumble's like, "Let's go, Harry." He he sends Harry's bag or his trunk, I guess, and Hedwig ahead. Except he interestingly tells Harry to get out the invisibility cloak. He says they might need it, and then he says, "And now, Harry, let us step out into the night and pursue that flighty, temptress adventure." Which is a great line. So I had it quoted here. And that is the end of chapter three. Um, I do not know. I, I don't. So so Dumble mentioned in his letter that he had business he needed help with on the way. I don't think the business about Sirius and the house and all that was that. So I think they're going to do something here. Or it could just be the whole Sirius, Sirius's will business. No, they're, 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 they're going to go do something. Okay. So they are going to go do something. So that's that's interesting, and that should be fun. So I'm excited to see what that's Yeah, about. it's definitely going to be... Th- this book is going to give you so many of the things that that we wished we could have gotten some of or, or more of in the other books, mm. where although Harry will never not be the main character of this story, uh, he, he's going to get drug along with, with storylines in this book. That's good. It is very good. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Less of him initiating things would be nice because anytime he initiates anything, it's the fucking worst. It goes horribly wrong. Like, yeah. Uh, well, I shouldn't the, say every time. Like a lot of uh, times. Aside, like we we know that Dumbledore controls shit, and like from our perspective, we know that like he has been controlling things for a long time, but. There is a different tone in this book where Dumbledore is grabbing Harry by the hand and and just and saying let's go. Like we like we need to do this. Sure. Well, so the jig is kind of up at the end of last book like with Dumbledore's kind of whole trying to be a little more hands off with Harry. Like that Exactly. That time seems to have passed like he's 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 reached the point of no return with that. And so yep. now, yeah, I, I can imagine that he's going to be much more, like, hands-on and, like, Harry, this is exactly what you need to fucking do, and I'm going to fucking show you how to do it and lead you by the nose because you need to be fucking led by the nose. Um, so, yeah, that that could be very interesting and cool to see. Yeah, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Dude. Zach it- just has the biggest smile. He's so giddy about this book, and it... You know what? It it warms my heart to see him so happy. 
Oh, thanks, pal. That's the <laughs> nicest thing you've ever said. Yeah, well, it's your birthday. I have to pretend to be nice. You know, I didn't say this at the beginning, but uh, you've got a birthday coming up, too. I do. We're very close in our birthdays. We are very close. You're the... I'm sorry, is it the 5th or the 6th? The 6th, right? 6th, yeah. Wow. What are you going to be, like, 40? Exactly. Um, 40 on the dots, over the hill. That's 50, you idiot. <laughs> no, it's 40. I'm pretty sure you say over the hill to 50. No, over the hill is 40, bud. Is it really? Yes. Hmm. Don't fact check that. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, how, how old are you? Let know how long 35? Zach 30, is. No, 33. 33, yes. Fuck yeah, you old ass. Old ass man over here reading these children's books Dude, <laughs> and making hell fun yeah. of them. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you here okay. just because I love this, but like, Yay, lead me. How, how do you, I mean, what is, what, what are you thinking? I mean, so, so obviously I think, I think the, the key, like the core central thing of this book is going to be this plan, uh, that okay. the, the evil side, whatever you want to call them, uh, have and what that all entails and Snape making this vow, uh, to help Draco through this. I, I think a large chunk of what we like anytime we have interactions, you know, Harry has interactions with Snape or Draco. I'm sure we will get little tidbits of that here and there. Um, aside from that, like, yeah, I don't know what Dumbledore's up to, obviously. Like, this motherfucker has to be up to something. Like, what, like I said before, how how did he get this wound? Like, what what has my guy been up to that... Did he have another duel with Voldy? Like, who is possibly powerful enough, even if he is losing his touch, who the fuck would possibly be powerful enough to give him this wound beside Voldy? I've already told you, it was the butthole of a Dementor. Yeah, of course. How can I forget that? Um, no, how that's, hard uh, is he fisting question, these Scott. Dementors to give him this wound? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, man. These are These are good questions. I it just I want to know what Dumble's up to. Um, I obviously we're, we're gonna have to get a new defense against the dark arts teacher. Maybe that's what Dumble needs help with. They're gonna go recruit the new defense against the dark arts teacher. Mm. I don't know. Um, Dumble likes to couldn't say. I just I, why can't it be Lupin? Like now that like. People are back on Dumble's side. Why can't he just be like, listen, uh, I don't give a shit if you think a werewolf isn't safe teaching your kids. He's the best fucking defense against the dark arts teacher can the I, school has ever had. So we're fucking bringing him back and you can suck my dick. Can I give you... <laughs> it's very aggressive, Scott. <laughs> that's Listen, that's coming from Dumble. That's not me. That's what Dumble should say to them. Okay, okay. Suck my giant dick, Lupin's my guy. <laughs> suck <laughs> You're so dumb. God 
damn it. Um, all right, I have a uh, I have a prediction for you. Okay. This year's defense against the dark arts teacher is going to be your favorite by a mile. Shut the fuck up. Without question. Like, there's no contest. The bar's that high. I feel like you're tricking me. No. No, I'm being, I'm being completely serious. Does that mean that... Uh, mm, is it Snape? Is that your little back road here? Is that like, oh, I already know he loves... Did he finally give it to Snape? I do like some back roads, but I don't know. <laughs> Because you already know I love Snape, so that's how you can like confidently say, mm. oh, he's going to be your favorite. Uh. Razzle-dazzle. Couldn't really say. God damn it. Um, and he would be the only one that could possibly beat Lupin. Or he can't even beat Lockhart. How can, Wait, how can you even say this? There's no <laughs> one that can beat Lockhart. You're out of your damn mind. Oh, you're still talking about Snape. I'm talking about this new defense against the dark arts teacher. No, well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that that he'll he'll be your favorite. Zach, have you met me or ever listened to me rant about Lockhart on this podcast? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Because if you really think anyone can touch my golden boy, I think <laughs> you're, you're crazy. Boy. You're crazy. Uh, hey, did I ever- also? Are we forgetting Umbridge? Who could possibly beat Umbridge? (laughs) (laughs) Quirrell? Come on. Come on. Dude. Fuck Quirrell. Quirrell sucks. (laughs) Quirrell sucks. Dude. um, Man. I'm throbbing. Oh, my God. I don't like that. Pulsating. Pulsating. Throbbing. Yeah. Sounds like the uh, the seven settings of like a of a marital aid. <laughs> yes, <it does. laughs> oh man! Fuck. Well, good man. I I am uh, glad that you enjoyed the first batch of this book. Hopefully, that is the first of many. I hope so too. I I am concerned that we probably won't get any more of these pure. It wasn't Snape's perspective. It was it was it was truly more of a godlike perspective. Um, the the second chapter, um, right? Whereas the first chapter was pretty exclusively from the PM's perspective. Um, I I I don't expect we'll probably get many more chapters, if any, like just about like Snape and Draco and Narcissa or whoever Bellatrix hanging out and having these good ass, interesting ass conversations. Right. So that's a bummer, but like I fucking sure appreciated the hell out of that while we got it. So Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it was great. I think it's used uh unfortunately sparingly, but yeah. uh it is great when we get it. It's very effective uh in what it was trying to do in the yeah. moment. So and, and even regarding Harry's perspective, I, I feel like I feel like we're reaching a shift. I'm not saying it's it's going to be a hard shift, but I do feel like genuinely his thought process, his decision making, and him taking the lead from more experienced people uh, is going to help with okay. with your enjoyment on on his stuff. Sure. So it's uh, it's gonna be great, man. It's gonna be such a fun ride, and I I'm so fucking pumped for it. Hell yeah. Um, I think that's about going to do it. A little bit of housekeeping. Uh, 
the episode will have, I believe, already aired by the time this goes up. But if you guys uh, did not already know, I am joining Sam and Emily on Harry Potter and the Half Drunk podcast. We're going to be talking about some cool shit over there. Uh, definitely, definitely go give that a listen and show those girls some love because they are rad and have been extremely nice to us. And they have shared some great followers. We've had some great feedback from from people that uh, found us through them, and we are super appreciative of that. So thank you, ladies. And uh, if you want to listen to us talk about some uh, deep-cut Harry Potter stuff, uh, go go check out that episode for sure. I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we appreciate you guys staying with us for so long. Uh, actually, this didn't run too long, so that's, that was nice. It was short and sweet. <laughs> yeah. uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. Uh, thanks for the birthday wishes, Scotty, and happy birthday to you because your thanks, birthday man. will have already been passed by the time this episode goes up. Hell yeah. Fucking love you. I fucking love this podcast, and I fucking love this book. Uh, Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at WeDon'tWantAPod, and also help us fund uh, Scott's (laughs) renting of the... (laughs) Yes, if you want another Scott's movie report on Order Uh, of the Phoenix. There there is an option to support this podcast on our host site, where you can make a $1 or $5 or X amount of dollars contribution monthly. So check that out. Uh, Scott needs to watch these movies. So, you know, oh, yeah. he's a broke-ass bitch. And uh, <laughs> need to rent those so movies. so excited to watch these. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Until next time, bye-bye. He's just a boy. <laughs> He's just a boy. <laughs> you know, for all the times we do that, I don't think he ever actually, like, I don't think Sean Dean ever says that in Game of Thrones. No, he does. I actually don't think that he does. Oh, he absolutely does. You're full of shit. Who would he say it about, Bran? He's the one arguing that Bran needs to see more shit because he's not just a boy. He needs to be more like a man he's because just a boy. Winter, winter is coming. Winter is coming. He's just a boy. He's just a boy.